Lord, the song, I mean to go right on. We mean to go right on because of the word of God in which you have implanted in us. It is so vitally important that we go forward and not backwards. We are grateful to you for life itself. It is our desire to please you, to live in accordance to the mighty word of God. We thank you for all that you have done for us, how you have blessed this day, the service, the worship. We pray that God give us ears to hear the word of God. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. William, it's good to see you. I know that you um, working in the city. You still biking over there at times? Wonderful. Wonderful. That is good. That is wonderful. In your Bibles, if you would turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 17 through 24, I will be reading Ephesians. And we're continuing with our message in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians, chapter 4, beginning at verse 17. It won't be on the board today, but that's okay. So follow along or just listen, if you would. I'm reading from the ESV, and this is how it reads, Ephesians, chapter 4. Verses 17 through 24. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Due to their hardness of heart, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard from him or heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 says this in the King James Version. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. As a title, you may have seen it coming up today, but if you haven't, the title is You Left Your Old Life of Sin, Stop Looking Back for Companionship. You Left Your Old Life of Sin, Stop Looking Back for Companionship. The challenge for many people is how to move forward in Christ without yearning for a return to the past life of sin. Our sin nature can cause us so much havoc. And unfortunately, many people continue to live in sin, although they have been free from their former life of sin. So many feel that the struggles of life in the present are one and the same of having sin. Since I feel this way, it's the same as, as, as having sin. It is not. Our feelings and emotions go up and they go down. 
They come in and they go out. Sometimes I can have the craziest dreams. Dreams sometimes just don't make sense. Things you say you never do in your dream. Thank and then you wake up and say, thank God that was a dream. You don't go to sleep a saint and wake up a sinner. If you accepted the Lord, you are saved. If you accepted him but you are not living for him, you are not saved. Help us, Lord. Thank you for your quietness. Struggles do not equal sin unless they lead you to a path to plunge into that past dissipation that you once involved yourself in. You were pulled out of that life. A life of dissipation is one that is given to excessive sin. Paul talks to the Gentiles in this verse, these verses that we read about what they have been taught and how they are no longer to walk in the way that brings condemnation. One day we are leaving this world. You are not staying here forever. Don't put your stake down here and hammer it in. You are leaving here. Go ahead and walk. Get all the exercise you can. You're still leaving. I started retaking my vitamins again in the morning. Because I was having a hard time with water, so I take my vitamins now with some oatmeal. I eat oatmeal anyway. Look, get a bolus of oatmeal, and it just goes down. So if you can't swallow with water, take them with some food. Take, trying to take care of myself, and then I get on this little eating bench. Well, she's like, I can't be satisfied. I'm having a little bit of this, and I'm having a little bit of that, and still not satisfied. Sometimes I'm trying to avoid this thing because it's, you know, it's a little too much that, that I want. And so I get everything else and still not satisfied and end up going to get the very thing I thought about at the beginning. Should have just got it at first. There are times when we just need to remember we left the old life of sin. And the Lord has called us now to newness. Point number one, living without shame and embarrassment. Ephesians 4, 17 through 19 primarily. There is a recklessness that comes from a persistent walk in sin. There's a recklessness that comes from a persistent walk in sin. You can trace a downward spiral in a person's life who refuses to give place to God. What we once thought fun has led to many people becoming addicted those things that we said, oh, was fun and would keep you up all night long, often can lead to addiction. Sin in and of itself is addictive. Do you not know that sin calls and beckons you? It says, come on over here and have a good time. Sin beckons you. You know, we, 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 are, we are made and we are shaping in iniquity. You see, it doesn't take much for us to get off course. Because our bodies, our minds often will yearn. You've got to fight hard to make sure that you are staying in the will of God. When we talk about people says that I am coming out, it often is a coming out to promote a life of sin. 
When they say, I am coming out of the closet, I'm coming out of wherever they're coming out of, it is that what I was doing in secret, I now make it public. Rarely is it related to a person saying, I believe God and now I'm going to live for him, I'm coming out. Rarely does it mean that. Today we have people that no longer want to be known as he or she, but as all other types of pronouns. God made them male and female. I told you this before. Only women can have children. I don't care how much men may want to have children, they cannot. It takes a man and a woman to have a child. Don't care how you feel. God made them male and female. Yes, we are nice to people. Yes, we embrace, but we don't accept everything. I told you, you can't make me like peas. I don't like peas. Give me some greens, some green beans, some broccoli. I'll eat some of that. Peas? No. If they have a buffet, I'm going to get everything but peas and lima beans. What, what has happened to being embarrassed and ashamed of how one lives outside of God's will? I recall the day that people used to drive by the church and turn the music down. They step on the church ground and would take off their hats. It, it, it's, it's okay. I know that people are not saved. I'm just saying there, there was something about that day. And so there was a fearing and an honoring of God. Today, people want you to accept everything. And so today, there is no shame nor embarrassment about living outside of God's will. In Paul's address to the Gentiles that we read in these verses, uh, he, he is take, talking to the Gentiles and tells them that they are not to live as Gentiles. Wait a minute. Paul is telling Gentiles not to live as Gentiles. He says, well, you were called out of the lifestyle. Now, everybody that were Gentiles did not accept the message. They didn't turn. So he says, the lifestyle that you once lived, you are supposed and you are mandated to turn from that lifestyle. Talks about the futility of the mind. Futility deals which, with that which is pointless and that which is useless. When Christians ought to be honoring God, we at times can be involved, involved in pointless and useless things. When the church should be praying, at Bible study, we are often involved in other things. What are you doing at the time of Bible study? If you were to map out your life, what are you doing at the time when the church is in prayer? Paul reminds them that they are no longer to act and speak as Gentiles from the past. But they have learned and have been given a new life. A new life. A new life. When we think of a new life, we often think of that which is exciting. God has given us a new life in him. 
I've heard many people say, I, I, I used to live that way, but I'm going I'm, I'm to, it's just willpower. I'm going to have willpower and not do it again. It is often based on how you feel at the moment that you make that choice and that you make those statements. Do you not know that you cannot live under your own power? You can't live a, sin, a sinless life on your own power? Christ came to indwell you. There is a battle to make you ineffective. Satan has come so that your testimony and your life, what you say and what you do, don't match up. People are looking for contradictions in your life. So what you tell people, do you live it? Why would Paul tell the Gentiles to come out and to to no longer participate as the Gentiles do, who have walked in the way of dissipation, flooding themselves with those things that are against God. Why? Because he knows that it's useless and he knows it is pointless. The only thing that could come out of this life, Paul says, was darkness and alienation from God. Darkness and alienation from God. God. If God didn't get a hold to my father, we more than likely would not be saved today. It took the Lord chasing him because God knows that with Daisy he would be up to no good. Somebody had to come and get him from his mama because he was at five heading to a world of trouble. God saved him when he got to Marin City. He came here planning on doing evil. But God stopped him. Thank the Lord. Because it resulted in his family being saved. God have mercy. I hate to think about where I would be today if God left my dad to his own vices. We ought to be glad today that we have a God who loves us so much that he pulls us out of the darkness. He pulls us out of those areas of life that would cause us to be alienated from him. Lord, help us. Too bad that many people want to stay married to a life of sin. Married to sin. Married to sin. You have been called to not walk, talk, and live in a life of sin from which you have been delivered. If you have been delivered, you have the responsibility to honor the God who indwells you. What are you doing living a life that honors Satan rather than God? It does not mean that we don't have trials. I know that at times there are things that, I tell you, I don't like apologizing at times. Sorry. Sorry. Do something wrong, don't want to, oh, Lord, i got to go clean it up. Sometimes the Holy Spirit says, don't say that. Don't, don't say that. I want to say it because I'm upset. Then you say, oh, I shouldn't have said that. You've been there, I've been there. Don't, don't do that. Don't go there. God gives us warning. If you are a child of the king, the Holy Spirit indwells you to empower you to live for God. He told the Gentiles that you are no longer to live in that old lifestyle. 
alienates you from God. Hmm. Some people decide, I know the Lord, live in sin and wondering why they're so weak. Why am I so weak? But if you want to get strong, there's sometimes that you've got to do something to strengthen yourself. There are bodybuilders that if they say, I don't bother the weights. I don't want to do that. Well, they're not going to be bodybuilders. It's going to require resistance. It's going to require some type of training. I don't know why Christians believe that they can get saved and then go do their own thing. I don't understand it. How people can say, oh, I'm going to go to school. And they go enroll and then never go to class. And expect to get a grade in the diploma. No, it's not going to work. It's not going to take place. But only in the church can one say, I'm a Christian, and then forsake God and don't honor him. Weakness comes about by not allowing God to have full control in your life. Gentiles in the Old Testament were called heathens because they did not honor God and live for the indulgence of the flesh. If we only live for the flesh, we're going to have a problem. (laughs) Your understanding is just not clouded because of sin, but the Bible says that your life is darkened because of sin. You see, sin has the image of light, but it doesn't have light. In other words, it comes to kind of mimic life, that it has something to offer. Now, don't don't get me wrong. Sin is fun. Sin, sin, Sin is fun. But there's a price tag. There's a price tag. And what Paul wants these individuals to know is that there's a price tag. I want to just let you know that when we think today of indulgence and, and hardening of the heart, we've got to remember hardening comes about because we refuse to take the proper action to deal with a particular matter. Today people are without shame and embarrassment as they they have hardened their hearts. I think one of the most uh, vivid characters dealing with hardness is that of Pharaoh when he refused to let the children of Israel go in the Bible. Uh, Pharaoh refused, even though he had every opportunity given by God to let them go, God knew his heart. You see, there comes a time to when you can resist the word of God so much that your heart becomes hard. God allows the process to take place and says, fine, I'm no longer going to intervene. And it talks about the Bible, and the Bible says God hardens the heart. You can resist God, and there's a hardening that takes place. Pharaoh refused to honor God, and there was a hardening of his heart that took place, and he refused. And God says, I'm going to show Pharaoh my power. I'm going to show him who I am. And through the miracles of the plagues of Egypt, he's going to get to know me well. Well, what, 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 what does Pharaoh do? What is his responsibility? What should he have done? He should ad- adhere to the word of God when the Lord says, Pharaoh, let my people go. Sin hardens. And when we don't recognize and give ear to the Lord, there's a hardening process that happens. Verse 19 says, they became callous. You know, callous means that there's a loss of sensitivity to pain. 
a callousness. But in this regard, in this verse, it means that the, the maturity and the shame that one should feel is not there. There's no embarrassment. It means that one has lost the ability to feel shame and embarrassment. Paul is urging the Gentiles to remember what they left and the decline in life that they experienced. He's warning them, don't return to a life that is full of sin and darkened. Point number two, did you really hear the gospel? Did you really hear the gospel? Let me ask you a question, another. What change has the gospel made in your life? What change can you point to that the gospel, the good news, has made in your life? Has it been a change? Has it been a, a change of course in your life? You see, there are people that claim to have made a change, but there's a contradiction in what they say and what they do. I told you what the word hypocrite means, right? You see, the word hypocrite, as the religious leaders, we oftentimes think of the Lord called them hypocrites. And we call people hypocrites sometimes, but what, what, but what does the word actually mean? The word hypocrite means a person who is acting a part as if on a stage. It's a person that is acting a part on a stage. That's what the real definition and meaning of hypocrite is. Are you playing a part in this life as a Christian or are you really a Christian? Did you really hear the gospel? Now Paul makes a claim that the Gentiles heard the gospel. You see, hearing has to involve action. If I listen to Melanie all day long, say, can you come and get this dirt for my plants in the backyard? I say, yeah, 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 I'll be down, I'll be down, I'll be down. Two hours later, honey, can you please come and get this dirt in the backyard? Oh, yeah, 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 give me another minute, I'll be down. Three hours later, honey, can you please, oh, I got to go somewhere, I'll be back. As soon as I get back, I'll get that dirt. Oh, I'm so tired. I'll get the dirt tomorrow. <laughs> no, that is not true, Willis. Sometimes. <laughs> what do you do with what you hear? Do, does what you hear match up with what you do? Christ did not come to live in you so that you could continue to do your own thing. If Christ was preached and you say that you responded, but there's no change in your life, then what did you actually hear? What were you responding to if you said, oh, the Lord changed me, but there's no change in lifestyle? It's interesting to know what people hear when asked, what did you hear? You ever heard of say the person, well, what did you hear I just say? And they repeat, that's not what I said. <laughs> How did you get that? But then it's incredible that sometimes a person does hear something on a Sunday morning, 
that's different than anybody else. It's what God and the Holy Spirit did for that person. He'll sometimes give that person a word. Give that person a word. They says, I heard this. Oh, I didn't even get that. Oh, I can see that. First of all, this is what I heard. And the Holy Spirit can minister to a room full of people from the same message getting something different. Paul tells them, put off your old self. There could not be a non-commitment to Paul's words. They could not say, I'm not going to respond. You see, when Paul preached, there had to be a choice that was made. Either they accepted or they got mad and stoned the brother and chased him out of town. Now, you know that's a preacher. Either it leads to repentance or it leads to stoning. Well, I'm going to tell you, I'll start throwing stones at me. But Paul says that he that that what he preached, there was a hearing of the word of God. Now I want you to note something. There are two aspects to Paul's appeal, verses 20 through 24. One is that there was the initial appeal to hear the word of God, verses 20 and 21. The initial appear appeal was that there was the appeal to hear. The second thing that we note is that there was an appeal to accept the word of God. Paul says, you were taught. You see, when you come to Christ, there is an initial hearing of the word that you respond to. Then there comes the aspect of teaching that helps you to grow. When Dr. Liz Talley became a doctor, she couldn't go and do what she wanted to do. She had to study, she had to get the lesson, and she had to learn what was in the books in order to become a doctor and to help the kids that she works with. She couldn't go decide and do what she wanted to do. She had to learn what was there. And then she she learned how to apply that knowledge to those students, to those kids that you work with, and to the clientele. In the church, do you not know that you've got to hear, and then you must apply your knowledge to what you hear? I am baffled how the club can be filled on Saturday and Bible study ignored on Wednesday. I am baffled when struggles in life do not leave people to be in Sunday school, but can turn over and put the pillow over their head. Help us, Lord. That's all right. Get quiet. Get quiet. Get, get quiet. When we fail to be taught after having heard the gospel and acknowledging God, why one feels or how a person feels that they can then do anything somewhere off in a corner, in a corner just baffles me. There has to be a change somewhere. One day, yeah, we used to do that, but now I have to change because why? I have to now be taught I have accepted God. Now there comes a teaching part to help me to live out this life. Why? Because the enemy has things crafted for me. There is always a tub for me to go back to the old way of life. And Paul says that old way of life always is only darkness. An alienation from God. So why would you want to separate yourself from the only true God who is the true life and light? Paul's appeal comes after warning them of the emptiness of the life they used to live. Don't live and respond as the Gentiles used to do and live. I've got to be reminded, you used to do that. 
You used to go after a person that cut you off on the road. You used to honk your horn like crazy as you went by. But no, I have now learned that I don't have to do that. Don't get quiet on me, y'all. Some of y'all still do it. (laughs) The teaching that Paul gives, as I wrap this up soon, had come from the Lord to put off the old self. And now let me say this. Many of you will keep old clothes for two primary reasons. Now, they got a sale coming up soon. But two primary reasons why we will keep old clothes. Some of you feel that my old clothes are too nice to just give away. And the second thing is that one day I'm going to be able to fit back in those old clothes. And and I'm leaving them there because I'm going to one day be able to fit back in them. And so you hold on to them. Don't want to give them up. There's a dream that one day I'm going, oh, no, 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 I can't give that up just yet. I'm going to leave it right there stuck in the closet. And then when you go pull it out, it has moths been have gotten to it and have eaten up the, what in the world has been in there a long time? We have to understand that when we look at what God is doing, we have to make sure that we have put away the old. And we're moving to the new. Three foundational statements that Paul makes between verses 22 and through through 24. Three foundational statements. It's just right there. He says, put off your old self. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And three, put on the new self. So once you take something off, you've got to put something on. Paul also gives the reason in the first one. When he says, put off your old self, he gives the reason why. And then with the next two, in verse 24, he then gives the reason for both of those. He just doesn't list them, but he gives the reason. I'm not going to spend time. I want you to take your time and go back and just look at that. But I want you to note that. Three foundational statements that we can say that he notes. Put off your old self. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And put on the new. Today, one of the things that is so fascinating is that many people talk about going to heaven. They have not put off their old self, old clothing, and somehow they think that I want to spend eternity with God and don't want to get together with him now. It's a baffling thought when we think about people who say, oh, everybody wants to go to heaven. Well, it's a good practice to start now being with him. Why would you want to be with God through all eternity and not be with him now? We've got to divorce our old self, our old life. Divorce. Let it go. Paul says, in the introduction of the title that I mentioned, you left your old life of sin. Stop looking for, looking back for the relationship. Let that relation, let that old life go. As I wrap, I'd like to tell you this. If God is going to do a work in the life of the people in the church, when I say if, and he is, if he's going to do a work, it's going to require you to surrender everything to him. You've got to surrender to him. 
Paul, Paul is so emphatic about this matter of the Gentiles not living in this life that led, led them to pagan worship. When Paul talks about those things that were led to dissipation, those things that were false, those things that led down to a, led down to a different road, that you need to put off the old self, it was often associated with the group of people being a part of pagan worship and worshiping false gods. Put that away. He said, you used to do that. But now you have been taught and the Holy Spirit and God himself has come to indwell you. Live for him. If Christ is living in you, there is no companionship with the old. So let me challenge you, challenge you today with this. If God is to have first place in your life, what are you willing to give up from the old? If God is to have first place in your life, what are you willing to give up from the old? If you are picking things in your mind off that list, I'm willing to give this, not this, this. Wrong answer. Go back and look again. What are you willing to give up? Paul says the old life. That which was not honoring to God, give it to, give it to him. <laughs> give it to him. Give it to him. Lord, in this place today, we are grateful to you. We're thankful to you that Paul doesn't cut any corners. He does not make any excuses. But he makes it plain that there is a standard for those that have come out of the old life. Gentiles that used to be involved with everything imaginable. Paul says, you are now saved. Don't look back. Help us to not look back. Help us to remember how far we have come because of what you've done that we never want to return. Then for those who are still married to the past. Help us, Lord, to give it up, to let it go, and to say, Lord, I present this to you. Help me to walk in newness of life, taking off the old, having my mind renewed, putting on the new life. We pray today that, God, you help us. May we not try to do it according to our own power nor our own might, but may we do it according and allowing the Lord to do the work in us and through us. We bless your name today and we thank you for your wonderful mercy and grace and power. And thank you that we don't have to try to do it ourselves on our own. But oh, we have the help of the Holy Spirit. And we pray that you'll be glorified and be honored in this place, in our lives. We give you all the glory. May God bless you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. Look forward to seeing you.